All right, we're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. If you don't have your Bible with you this morning, there should be one right in front of you. I encourage you to follow along. A lot of my sermons, I, tur- I turn back and forth, go through all these different verses uh, of the Bible. I, th- th- this morning, we should be staying pretty close right there in 1 uh, Kings chapter 17. It's a good story. It's the story of Elijah. I love all the... All the uh, the, the stories of Elijah in the Bible, and I say story in a sense that it's, it's, it's true, it's not a, a fable or anything like that, but it's a great story. I love the story of Elijah and, and all his exploits. I love the stories of Elijah. And Lord willing, if things work out, I'm going to try to do a series of sermons on the further adventures of Elijah, the continuing adventures of Elijah. And this is where Elijah shows up there in 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings chapter 17. What makes Elijah so interesting to me is that he does some of these amazing things in the Word of God. All through the Bible, he does some amazing things, but what he does in these, in these amazing things is, it, 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 in James chapter 5, it tells us about Elijah. It says, he is a man of like passions like you and I. Elijah dealt with the same sin we deal with, deals with the same problems, same temptations. Elijah deals with all these same things that me and you deal with, but the difference is, is that he trusts in God, God used him. So it tells you that God could use you. And today, God could use you, God could, and make something really special out of you, and do some really special things with you. You just got to live by faith, step out by faith, and another thing is you got to put your trust in the Word of God. Because what Elijah's about to do, Elijah's about to call out Ahab, but he uses the Word of God to do it. Now look, look at 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 17. Here comes old Elijah. 1 Kings chapter 17, Elijah says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Now, he says it's my word, but honestly, that's the word of God, because in Deuteronomy chapter 11, God said, If you forsake me and you start worshiping other gods, which is exactly what Ahab and Jezebel were doing and what they had Israel doing, he said, I'm going to cause it not to rain on your land. It's not going to rain on my land. I'm gonna, that's Deuteronomy 11. So that's what, where Elijah gets the idea. And when he comes up, and he says, Hey, it's not going to rain for three years until I tell it not to rain. Verse 2. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, the Lord tells him, Get thee hence, turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook of Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. <laughs> so he sends, he sends Elijah, God sends Elijah to this special brook, and he says, Go to this brook, and when you go to this brook, I'm going to send some ravens there, and they're going to feed you. That's, a, that's some crazy stuff right there. And that's what we're going to study this morning. It's God's provision for Elijah. God provides for you. He provides for me. He provides for all his children. And you're going to see how God's provision works through this story of Elijah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you know I'm a nobody. Father, I'm just a sinner, Lord God, but just like Elijah, Father, I know you can use me, Father. You can use anybody if you can use me, Father, and I pray, Lord, it'll be your words and not mine, Father. I do pray that your Holy Spirit will move among us, Lord, leading God and directing us into all truth. Father, I pray that, Father, you'd help us to understand your provision, Lord God, how you are a provider, that as a father, as you allow us to call you Father, Lord, it is your duty to provide for us as a good father, and every good father does. And, Lord, we thank you for your provision, Lord. Thank you for taking care of us. When we don't realize you're taking care of us, Father, Lord, thank you for all the blessings you give us that we don't realize you're blessing us with. Lord, I just pray, Lord God, there's somebody 
under the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Father, I pray that at the end of this service, Lord God, or in the middle of this service or right now, that they would bow their head and pray and ask Jesus Christ to save them. I'm praying all this in the name of my precious Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, all right. So what we find out in verse 4, let's go to verse 4. Because God tells him in verse 3, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan, and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. What we find out about God's provision is simply this. Where God leads, God provides. Where God leads, God provides. Now, I can tell you as, as a testimony, I've been 15 years in the ministry preaching a couple of churches, pastoring a couple of churches. What I found out in the ministry, if God wants me to do it, He provides. And He's always provided. It's amazing. It's really, really amazing how God provides. I've, had a, a, a bro, I've told this story before. I had a brother come in, and he looks at our missionary wall, and he counts all our missionaries, and he finds out how much we're giving to our missionaries. And he looks at me, and he looks over there at the people, and there's maybe 10 or 12 of us sitting in here some Sunday mornings. You know, it gets kind of slim in here some Sunday mornings. He looks at the wall, and he says, how, does, how are you getting the money to do that? I said, I don't count. I don't know. God just provides. It's God. You got to step out. You got to say, Lord, I want to do this. And if it's something the Lord wants to do, trust me, he's going to provide. And that's what he does with, the, with, with Elijah. He says, hey, I'm going <laughs> to have you go up to the king, the one that can cut your head off. And I'm gonna tell, you're going to tell him to his face that you're going to cut off the rain. And as soon as you do that, come with me. We're, I'm going to send you over to this, to this brook, and we're going to hide you out. Uh, I was reading a story about this, uh, this preacher. And he was praying to God, God, I need this to do something. He was going to do something for the Lord. I need this money to do this. And he went out to the mailbox, and he opened up the mailbox, and there was a check. And he opened up the check, and that's the money he needed. And he was real excited. And then he looked at the date of the check, and the check was written like three days before he had prayed. So the devil got in him. The devil, I mean, the devil starts speaking to him and said, oh, that wasn't God. That, was, you know, that wasn't your prayer being answered. And he was reading through his Bible, and he got to Isaiah. And in Isaiah, he read these verses in Isaiah. In Isaiah, it says, And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And he praised the Lord for that. Do you know that God knows what's going on today? God knows what's going on tomorrow. God knows what's going on 10 years from now. God provides for you before you even ask. You realize that? Yeah, I, I remember Brother uh, John Barbie. Uh, Brother John Barbie was talking that one time he was, him and Sarah were, were trying to get some money together. And he's like, I, God, he, he, he said, I, I, he, got to, he got really worried about it. He said, God, he goes, he goes uh, God, I'm, I'm looking under every rock. I'm looking, I'm turning over, every, when he's praying, he said, I'm turning over every rock. And he said, just clear as day, God said to him, I haven't created that rock yet. <laughs> and eventually God provided. But sometimes we get ahead of God. But I'm telling you, a lot of times, brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, my, this is my Christian experience. I can't speak for everybody. My Christian experience is this. Sometimes you're just going to have to step out in faith. Sometimes you're going to have to do something big for God for Him to show up. When you do something big for God, God shows up in a big way. When you do something little for God, God might show up in a little way. God shows up in the way that you show up. You want to do something big for God? God will show up big, in a big way in your life. But there's sacrifice there. There's steps of faith there. When I was in Pensacola, I had a, the, the job I had was like paying me $6 an hour. I was down there. My family is back up here in Texas. 
I was in Pensacola trying to go to Bible school, trying to learn the Bible, and I was living, I literally was living off popcorn. That's what I was eating, was eating popcorn for, for supper, for lunch, for breakfast. I, I'm, aller- I'm lucky I'm not allergic to popcorn nowadays. Well, I, I, that's all I had to eat. Well, we had a missionary come into the church, and the missionary was there at the church, and the missionary was talking about how uh, they were, they, the men and women would, would, would walk two, three, four miles to the church in the snow, and, and it was below freezing. Sometimes it got below zero. And it was this, uh, this amazing testimony. And he's taking up, uh, he's, he's taking up a love offering. He's going to go back over there, give them Bibles. And he told some amazing stories. Well, God laid it on my heart. I had $20 to my name. $20 to my name. And I didn't get paid for another week. I got paid that Friday. I didn't get paid till the next Friday. That was a Sunday. And I, I, that missionary came by. And they, they passed the offering plate. God laid it on my heart. I had tears coming out of my eyes. I wanted to help that missionary. And I took the last $20 I had. I said, God, I don't, if I have to fast, I'll just fast. If I have to fast for a week, I just won't eat. And I believe, I meant that. When I put, I put that $20 in there, and I gave my last $20, I said, God, if I have to fast, that's what I'll do. I just want them to have that money. I left that church service. That was a Sunday night church service. I left that church service. This is back before the, everybody had cell phones. And I had to go up to the pay phone. I went up to the pay phone. I called back down here to Texas. And they told me that that Sunday morning they had took a love offering for me in the Sunday school class and they were sending it to me. I just started crying. And it was a lot more than $20, brothers and sisters. God knew what I was going to do that Sunday night, and I believe he laid it on the heart of somebody that Sunday morning, get some money together for that boy. He needs it. God will take care of you. Amen. He took care of me. I'm telling you, these are, all, these are all stories that I've witnessed, I've seen in my personal walk with the Lord. The Lord God provides. And what we also found out, verse 5, verse 5, look at verse, uh, look at verse 5. So he went and did according Unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that was before Jordan. What you'll find out about the Lord God is, it's not enough to hear God's words, you got to do them. So God told Elijah, I got this brook named Cherith, go down there and hang out, the ravens are going to feed you. Elijah didn't have to go. Amen? He didn't have to go. He could have went down to, to, to another brook. He could have found another lake. He could have said, no, I don't want to hide out down there. I want to hide out there with my family down over here. I want to go back over here. To, I'm a Tishbite. I want to hide back there with my, my family. I don't want to go way down there. But God said, that's not what God said. God said, go down there. So it's not enough to hear God's words. Brothers and sisters, you've got to do God's word. You've got to do God's word. Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So many Christians, they hear God's word, they hear the preacher, they listen to the preacher, they say amen, and they get up and they don't do a thing about it when they leave the church. They don't live the word of God. God, we need people who live the word of God. We need doers, not hearers. There's there's millions of hearers. You can hear the word of God on the radio, on the internet, through Facebook, through YouTube, through through the radio waves. there's uh, There's nowhere you can't hear the word of God. But have you ever known a time in history where people are not doing the word of God? I've never known a time in history where people were not doing the word of God. The Bible says, the word of God says through Jesus Christ, turn the other cheek. Love your enemies. I've never seen a time where people hate their enemies anymore. On both sides of the fence, there's this hatred. 
There's a lot of hearers, but there's not a lot of doers. So through, during the provision, guys, it's not enough to hear it. You've got to do it. And that's exactly what he did. Verse 5, he went and he did. See, so he went and he did. He didn't just hear it and go about his own way. He went and he did. What we also found out there in verse 5 is, For he went and dwelt at the brook, by the brook Cherith. There's a place that God provides for you. God has a place for you to get your provisions. And what I mean by that is God has a church for you. It doesn't necessarily mean this church is for you. Amen? It might not be down there at Zephyr Baptist. It might not be down there in, 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 uh, in Brownwood, wherever, Hamilton. But God does provide for you. God has a church for you. And it's for you. And he'll give you your provisions at that church. He's got a place for everybody. There's so many times that I invite people to, uh, they, they ask me in Brownwood, where's a good church? I don't want to drive all the way out to your church. Where's a good church for me to go to? And I'll recommend a church in Brownwood, and they'll come back to me, and they'll say, ah, I didn't do it for me. I, I just didn't. And then they'll go to another church, and then, uh, and then they'll find the right church. And I'll invite somebody to the same church, and they'll go, oh, I love that church. What, what's the difference? I don't think there's anything wrong with the people. God doesn't have that church. That church is not for them. God has another place for them to be provided for. He'll provide for you. you just got to find the place that he's providing for you. And sometimes I've been in churches and I'm like, I, I told my wife, I said, they're using, the right, uh, they're using the right Bible. They're using the right song books. They're singing the right songs. The preaching is good. This isn't the place for me. And we'll go visit somewhere else. And that's the place for me. And that's the place I recommend, and that's not the place for everybody. God knows, God knows the place he wants to provide for you. You've got to get there. You've got to get there. And this is what he told him. He said, hey, it's this place called Cherith. Get down there. Look at verse 6. Let's move on. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. So God provides for him. He goes down there. So morning and, morning and night, God's sending out the ravens. Okay, what's interesting about this? is the ravens are an unclean uh, bird in the Word of God. God could have sent a chicken or something like that to provide for him, but he didn't. He sent an unclean bird. I always thought that was interesting, that God used a raven, an unclean bird. He could have used a dove, a clean bird, but no, he chose an unclean raven. And what I think this speaks to is the great truth that God provides in mysterious ways. <laughs> he provides in very, very mysterious ways. He does do that. And he, I've seen God all through my Christian ministry provide in mysterious ways where I'm like, well, where are we going to get this money? Or where, how are we going to get this fixed? And it just shows up. God just shows up in the mysterious ways. I've had, uh, when, we were, when we were digging this well out here, getting a water well dug, that was a very expensive venture. Way over $10,000 to get this well dug, get the water going for the church, doing this thing. And all, I mean, out of the blue, I had people sending me their tithe checks. We'd get uh, letters in the mail. It'd be a tithe check. Lord, the Lord, and it'd be a little note. The Lord laid it on my heart to send you my tithe check. And it might be like $400. And I'd be like, praise the Lord. You know what happened after that? They never sent me another tithe check. <laughs> I don't know where it went. The point was, God knew I needed it, and he started providing in all kinds of mysterious ways with all kinds of mysterious people. People would give, I don't want anybody to know where this came from, and give big amounts of money but God knows who those people were and God will bless them and God has blessed them I've seen their life and how God has blessed them uh, 
I knew a, a, a Spanish preacher, and he had a, a, he had a good church going, and he had this a drug dealer that was going to his church every Sunday. The drug dealer would come in. This guy was a known drug dealer in the community. And this drug dealer would come in, and this drug dealer, was, they'd pass an offering plate, and a drug dealer was dropping thousands of dollars. He had all this money from being a drug dealer, and he would drop thousands of dollars in the offering plate. Well, the word got back to the pastor, and the pastor went over there and talked to the drug dealer, and he, he, he called the drug dealer over there, and he, he, I can't, I'm not going to name a name. He called him over there and he said, hey, I need to talk to you. He, he goes, uh, you need to know something. God's not going to forgive you because you're putting a bunch of money in the plate. We don't need your money. God doesn't need your money. God's not going to forgive you. Like, you're not, God doesn't think what you're doing is right because you're giving some money to him. He'd rather you do what's right and give him a dime than to do what's wrong and give him thousands of dollars. And he said that that drug dealer left. Didn't ever come back to the church. Didn't want to repent. He didn't want to repent of what he was doing. And <laughs> the few of the members were looking at the pastor like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> it's, it's all about money, right? It's all about getting money. No, it's not. God provides. God provides. God provides. God provides. It might be in mysterious ways, but God does provide. I want to point out something else about this story. Notice verse 6. And the ravens brought him bread and lotus and flesh in the morning. I'm pointing this out because I've had some uh, brothers and sisters good. I mean, some of them are, are decent brothers and sisters. They're, they're, they're not living wrong. But they are adamant that God expects us to be vegetarians. And that Bible doesn't teach that. Now, Adam and Eve, they were vegetarians. But we're not living in the age of Adam and Eve. And that all went... That all went downhill as soon as they ate the apple. The point is, is that God could have just sent him bread, could have just sent him vegetables, but God sent him flesh too. If God wanted him to be a vegetarian, if God expected him to be a vegetarian, he wouldn't have sent him flesh. But he sent him flesh. My point to you is, if you want to be a vegetarian, that's fine, that's great, praise the Lord. But don't tell me it's a command from God, because it's not a command from God to be a vegetarian. God himself was providing some flesh. That's what I appreciate about God. He's not going to just put some broccoli on the table. He'll put some steak on there too. <laughs> Woo! That's what I love about my God. He knows how to provide. He knows how to provide. Amen. Y'all guys, y'all liven up a little bit. We serve a great God. He provides. He provides. He provides. I love reading stories of World War II. If you read stories about World War II and the military... And, some of the, and the Jews, you'll see all, you'll, there's a million of these stories where God's provided in mysterious ways during World War II. But one of, the, my, one of my stories I like so much is there was this uh, World War II bomber in the Pacific. They went on a bomb run. They were coming back. They ran out of fuel. They dropped. And when they dropped, they found an island. They found a perfect island lander. They, land on, they landed on this island. Well, they landed on this, this island. They didn't know where they were for sure. When they got down on the island... They realized there was enemies to the left of them and enemies to the right, but nobody seen them land. Now, that was, that was an answer to prayer right there. And they happened to have a chaplain along with them. And when they got landed, they were like, okay, we've ran out of fuel. There's enemies all around us. Uh, what are we going to do? Well, the chaplain was like, well, they didn't hear us come in. God's with us. God's with us. You know, God's provided. They're like, well, God's got to provide. You always tell us that God hear, hears us in our troubles. How could we be any more, in any more trouble than right now? 
So, of course, that chaplain, being a man of God, he drops on his knees and he starts praying. He prays all day long. He prays all that day, all that night. About 2 o'clock in the morning, that same man, that same sergeant that was chastising, chastising the preacher, it was about 2 in the morning, he walks out. He walks on about 50 foot out to the seashore of this island. He steps out and looks, and there's a floaty of barrels full of gasoline right on the seashore. Saved. Saved. God provided. They took the, that, that fuel, fueled up the plane, took off. They were saved. When they got back, what happened? They were telling the story what happened. They figured it out. It was a month before there was a tanker that was being chased by some submarines, and that tanker, that captain of the tanker said, we need to get rid of this gasoline. If they hit us with a torpedo, this thing's going to go up like a bomb. And they started dropping those tanks of fuel. And God provided a way to get that tank to where they needed it. Coincidence? Yeah, I wouldn't bet your bottom dollar is coincidence. That's God. A lot, of, a lot of coincidences, people call coincidence in, in this world we live in, is God moving. They're just too blind to see him move and work and provide. Provide for our every need. I thank God for providing a way for me to get back and forth to church on Sunday. I thank God that he provides a way of safe travels. You know how many times, I know Matt and Wade can attest to this, I go home from this church and it's, it's, it's pinball. It's trying not to hit the deer. It's deer run out, take a left. Deer runs out there, take a right. My wife and I's favorite game going home is watch the deer. And she, there's one up there. There's one out there. And, and of course, we're coming home uh, Wednesday night. Uh, my wife's on the phone looking at something. I have her, hey, look this up. And we're looking up something on the phone. And I'm driving. And this deer just goes running, I mean, right in front of me, not even 10 feet in front of me, just runs across. And she doesn't even look up. And I go, <gasps> I just breathe in. She's like, what? I said, there was a deer. That's right. I'm glad she didn't see it because she probably would have, her hair would have just come up on end. What did we do? That was lucky. No, that's not what came out of our mouth. You know what came out of our mouth? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I thank you. Thank you for providing us a way home. God provides. And sometimes he provides in mysterious, mysterious ways. Look at verse 7. It came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. You know what? Sometimes God, God moves, God provides, and then God moves, and you need to go somewhere else and get provisions. Sometimes. I mean, I, I'm not in the same church I grew up in. I'm not in the same place that God provided for me. I, I, if you, you gave me a choice, say, where would you want to be? I would be down in Pensacola, Florida. I got fed more down there. I love the people. I love the church. But God didn't, is not providing for me down there. God's providing for me down here. Sometimes Things dry up, you got to move on. God works in mysterious ways. It dried up, he said, okay, move on. It's not, the provisions don't always come the same way. God doesn't always work the same way. What I love about God, God's a God of diversity. He's a God that changes things up. He's a God that makes a million colors. God didn't just make a red bird. He made a blue bird. He made a brown bird. He made a white bird. He made a pink bird. He made... God's, he's the same way with fish. He made all kinds of colors of fish. He made all kinds of different people. God likes diversity. So when you get settled in your way, you go, okay, God's providing, God's providing, God's providing. Don't be, don't be surprised if one day that brook dries up and you get this feeling like, hey, you know what? I think I need to move on. That's what happens to Elijah. Moves on. Verse 8. Verse 8. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zareph. Zarephath, 
which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Next thing we learn, the fifth thing we learn about God's provision is God depends on people to provide for you. So God says, Elijah, I'm going to send you. There's going to be a woman there. She's going to provide for you. That's where you're going to get your provisions. Guys, I can't tell you enough. I can't tell you enough. I can't stress to you enough. If God has laid on your heart to do something, if God has laid on your heart to do something, I don't care if it's go mow their, somebody's grass, give them a $20 bill, go what, do something. I don't know what. It could be way out, of your, way out of your comfort. But if you really feel like the Lord's doing, asking you to do something, please do that because he might be trying to use you to provide for somebody else. The question comes up to my mind as I see this woman and as Elijah's about to go meet this woman. The question comes to my mind of what if the woman wasn't there? Well, if Elijah's sent down there and that woman's told by God, I'm going to use you, and he, she just is not there. What if the prodigal son, when he got ready to get right with God, he came home and the father wasn't there? What kind of story would that be? Well, if the father just packed up, left off, the point is, sometimes God puts you in places like he did the father, the, 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 the father of the prodigal son, and you're saying, well, why am I still here? Why am I still waiting? Why? Well, because you're still providing some, a service to somebody. You're still providing a service for somebody. You're still providing a way for somebody to come to Jesus Christ. I know people, what people think. They drive by this church. They see this old country church out in the middle of nowhere. And I know some of them wonder, is there anybody still going to that church? Is God still doing anything? Is God? Yeah, God's doing something. He might not do something in this very church with a very individual every Sunday. I don't see, every, I don't see somebody get saved every Sunday in this church. But when you look on that missionary wall and you see all those missionaries all, all, all over the world, we're providing for them. Somebody has to provide. Somebody has to step up and provide. And when you have a little church like this, you say, why don't you just shut it down and go down to another church? Because we're providing for people from this church right here. And when God calls you to do something, just keep doing what you're doing. God's called you. So many times God calls men and women to do something, and they don't answer the call. You know what happens? Number one, you miss the blessing. When you don't answer God's call to provide for somebody, number one, you miss a blessing. Number two, you miss a reward that God's going to give you up in heaven. And number three, God's just going to use somebody else or some other way. God will get it done. God will get it done. He just gives you an opportunity to get a blessing getting used. And he does. The best ability, the best ability is availability. That's the best ability. We, uh, we've been interviewing a lot where I work, and when we interview people, uh, one of the th main things we ask them, like, can you do this, can you do that, can you do this? And one of the main things we ask them is, what's your attendance like? And we stress to them is, we can't hire you if you're sick all the time. If you call and say, we can't hire, we need somebody here. But basically the point is, is uh, the truth is, if I can get somebody to work, I can make them work. But they've got to get to work. The best ability is availability. I'll be honest with you, some of my worst workers are some of my most available workers. One of the best workers I've ever seen in my life, he couldn't show up to work. He was the hardest worker. I don't know if he worked himself to death and, you know, two days out of the week he was too tired to come back up to work or what the deal was. But I've had, I have a guys, some guys that come in, they're not the hardest workers you ever met. They're not even uh, half the hardest workers you ever met. But at least they're there. And when you need somebody to say, hey, I need this done, they're there for me to call. 
You might not be the best worker. You might not be the best person God could use, but at least be available. And that's the best ability, is be available. It's availability. And guys, you know what? You'll get a blessing. I've gotten blessings doing that. When God's used me, God provides. He provides through people. Look at verse, verse 10. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water and a vessel that I may drink. And she was going to fetch it. He called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. So Lot <laughs> just told this lady, Hey, will you give me something to drink? And while you're there, will you give me something to eat? He knows what's going on. And she was going to fetch it. He called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. Verse 12. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel, and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. Wow. That's not a very good testimony. Yeah, I'm just gathering these sticks together. Me and my son, we're going to see what we can get together and just, we're going to eat this and just die. It's going to die. Here's the truth. God's going to use her to provide for Elijah. You know who gets a blessing? This woman that thinks she's about to die, she's going to get, she's going to get the blessing. Providing for Elijah. Sometimes God will use you to get to other people. And you'll get a blessing out of that. I've seen families where the dad is sorry, no good, drunk, can barely get to work. Sometimes he's, he's abusive, and you have these little children there, and you see this guy, and you see this guy. Why does God keep blessing him? Well, God will bless that guy so he can keep his job just so God can keep feeding those kids because God loves those kids. And that drunk and that, that bad dad doesn't even see it. The reason why this country is blessed is not because of liberal attitude in this country. This country, the United States, is not blessed because of the ungodly or the atheist. This country is blessed because of the Christian in this country. Because of what the Christ, God sees the Christian and says, there's some of my people, they're trying to get the gospel out, they're trying to serve me, they're trying to keep my command. I, I have a purpose, I, I want to provide for them, so he'll give it to all these rich cats up above us, and it, and it trickles down to us. Reagan's trickle-down economics. That's what it does. But you have a country here. We're in one of the worst recessions we've ever seen. We've got a virus that's literally shut down the economy, shut down the nation. You've got rioting and killing and pillaging in the streets. You've got people, there's civil unrest in almost every city of this country. You have a storm cloud of dust from Ethiopia or Africa coming over this country, blowing over this country, something that nobody's seen in how many years? And you have people say, God? Who's God? It's as silly as, as, as Pharaoh in Egypt. Plague after plague after plague after plague, and the Bible says Pharaoh hardened his heart. And I see God send it, put his hand on this country, put his hand on this country, put his hand on this country, and the people just harden their heart. They don't see God in it. And I'm going to tell you something, as a Bible believer, I see God in every bit of it. In every bit of it. 
She's about to die. And in verse 13, Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. He said, Go there, make a little bit to eat for you and your son. Bring it back to me. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. What this, the, sixth, the sixth thing you need to know about provision and God's provision for Elijah is this. God provides for those that provide for themselves. God provides for those that provide for themselves. It's not enough to say, well, I have faith God's going to do something. Well, have faith with some action in it. It's not enough I told the story of the airplane that was down and the chaplain. It wasn't enough for the chaplain to say, God's going to provide. God's going to save us. It's going to save us out of all our troubles. What did that chaplain do? He put his faith into action. He got down and he prayed. Did, he, did, did that, story, that story I told you, did he pray for five minutes? No. Did he pray for an hour? No. The Bible, the, the, what it said, he prayed all night long. Way out in the middle of the night. And he was still praying when they found the, the gasoline. The point is, is yeah, you've got to have faith, but you've got to have put, your, put some action to that faith. God provides for those that provide for themselves. Get out. Don't just talk about it. You've got to live it. Don't just talk about it. You've got to live it. You've got to live it. And that's what this woman was doing. And she went, verse 15, and she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. You've got to you got to provide for yourself. God, it's hard for God to move a man to do his work when that man's sitting on a couch. And, and I, I, I've talked to a friend of mine, and he's dealing with, he wants to be a minister. He wants to minister, and he is. He's ready. He's ready to be a pastor. He's ready to minister. He wants to minister. And we talked about this, and my advice to him is move. Just get into action. It's like the, it's, I go from the, given the illustration of a car. When a car's sitting and the car's not moving, God can turn that steering wheel whatever direction God wants to turn that steering wheel, but it doesn't do any good. The, the car's not moving. But if you'll just get to moving, you say, well, I don't know where God wants me to go. Well, just move. Start moving. Start Get into action. Start trying to do something. Start, and what God will do is God will close some doors. God will open some doors. But the point is God will turn that steering wheel of the car of your life, and he'll move you where he wants you to go. But he, it don't, he, can, he can turn it all day long, but if you're not moving, it's not doing anything. You need to, you need to put some action to your faith and uh, provide, try to provide for yourself. God, uh, God works in mysterious ways. There's no doubt about it. But God works through practical means. He does some mysterious things and does some great things, but 90% of life is not God's miracles. Life is not TV. Turn off your TV, turn off the movie. Life is not TV. You know what happens in life? And I don't ever see, you know, the, I hadn't seen a lot of TV and movies, but all the TV and movies, very rarely do I ever see them wash dishes for 15 minutes. Just the movie stop and there shows the movie and they're just washing dishes. And they don't show them taking out the trash. They don't show them, that's life. Doing your clothes, washing the dishes. Cooking supper, do, do, you know, dealing with the insurance, paying your bills, that's life. 
And you've got to provide for yourself. And God provides for those that provide for themselves, and that's what they're doing. They had to work to get that. Verse 16, And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. God provided for Elijah the whole time through this woman. So the seventh and last one for the provisions, God's provision never fails. We fail, we drop out, we stop working, we stop going to the place to get the provision, we stop doing the word of God, we stop being a person that God could use, but God's provision never fails. I think I made the point enough to say, hey, you need to be in the right place for God's provisions. God's provision is always there, but you've got to be in the right place. You've got to have a person provide it. And you're, if you're not the one that's providing the provision for somebody else, God will send somebody else. God's going to get the provisions out. His provisions never fail. It says the barrel mill wasted, wasted not. Some of my favorite stories are stories of men and women that fall, fell on some of the worst times a man and woman can fall on. And something happens in their life and changes them forever. I was reading the story of this tramp. And he said that he was in uh, Philadelphia and he's walking and he, he'd been begging people for money for years and years and years. And he, he grabbed this guy by the shoulder and he said, Sir, can I, ha can I have a dime? And he said, Sir, can I have a dime? And that guy turned around. And that guy looked at him, and he said, Daddy. He put his hand on the shoulder of his dad. And his dad said, Son, I've been looking for you everywhere. And the dad grabbed his son and hugged him. And he goes, Dad, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't have any money. I'm, I'm, I'm just a beggar. And he goes, No, son, I, everything I have is yours. And I've been looking for you for 18 years. And everything I have is yours. God wants to provide. And that story, the man tells the story, the tramp says, you know, I had been run, running for 18 years begging people for money, and the whole time my father was looking for me. The father's looking for you this morning. He wants to provide for you. Every good dad provides for his kids. He wants to provide for you. You say, well, I'm I'm worthless. Look at me. I'm sorry. I'm no good. I'm not worth being used. I, why would God want to provide for me? I'm, I'm a sinner. I'm a, a tramp. Just another true story. Walks up. Asks this man, hey, 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 buck, hey, man, can I have a buck? The guy turns around and he says, Sam, don't you remember me? And that tramp's like, uh, I don't, yeah, I went to school with you. We were in school. We were in college together. And they got to talking, and sure enough, he realizes that he remembers him. And he says, what's happened to you? He said, man, I fell on hard times. and I'm just broke. I've been broke for two years now. My wife's left me. I, I don't have any money. And that, that, guy, that friend of his says, man, don't say another word. And he pulls out his checkbook, and he writes a check, and he writes a pretty substantial check to the guy, and he gives it to his friend, Sam. And he says, Sam, go cash this check. Man, start over. Get another life. Start another life. And that, that tramp was just in tears. Sam was in tears. He said, man, thank you. So he left, and he took that check, and he walked over to the bank to cash it. And he walked up to the bank, and he looked in the windows, and he seen all those cashiers in there, and the beautiful bank, and how it's all clean. And he looked down at his clothes, and he looked at his clothes, and he had rags on, and he was dirty and filthy, and his hair wasn't washed. He looked in there, and there's all these people with pretty clothes. He says, they're not going to believe this is my check. They're, they're going to think I stole this. They're going to think that, that I forged this. 
So he just put the check in his pocket. A couple months later, he runs to that friend again. The friend says, Sam, what happened to you? What'd you do, waste the money away? And he said, no, man, I, honestly, he said, no, I appreciate the money. And he pulled the check out of his, pulled the check out of his pocket. He said, I, I couldn't. They're going to think I forged it. And he told the story of going up to the bank, and he told his friend, they're going to think I forged it. And his friend, said, his friend started smiling and said, Sam, they're not going to cash that check because your name's on it. They're going to cash that check because my signature's on it. Go cash the check. God's part of all of this. God's the one that's doing this. We're not doing it. God's in charge of providing. It's not your money. You say, well, I, I, I don't have the money, or I don't have the means, or I don't have the time. It's not your money. It's not your time. It's God's. Just turn it over to him. And guys, you want to have a good story to tell? Do something for God. You want to have a good story to tell? Do something for God. The best, if you want to have, when the missionaries come in, these pastors come in, and we sit at the table, come sit with us. You're going to hear them tell some amazing stories. And you might think, man, I wish God would do something like that with me. Well, you've got, you've got to do something. <laughs> he can't provide for you if you're not doing something. You've got to be doing something for him. Do something for God, and God will do something for you. If you're out there this morning, you say, well, you know, I hear people talk about the devil mess with me, and the devil did this, and, I, you know, so I don't know nothing about the devil. I don't know any experience of the devil messing with me. Why would the devil mess with you? You're not doing anything for God. <laughs> Here's my experience. When God moves... The devil moves. So the closer and the more I do for God, the more the devil comes in and messes with my life. It's just that's the way it goes. And But you know what the truth is, though? I've got some amazing stories to tell. Some amazing stories to tell. And I've seen some amazing things happen in people's life. And I'm going to keep seeing that stuff happen until God comes back, until Jesus Christ comes back. And he's the one that's provided it all. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you, Father, for your grace and mercy. And Lord, I pray, Lord, if there's somebody who needs to sound my voice, Father, they need a provision, Lord God, they need you to provide for them, Father. I pray, Father, you'd show them the way. Lord, I pray, Father, you'd give them, the, through the Holy Spirit, Lord God, the faith to be able just to step out, Lord God, just trust in you, Lord God, and be content with what they have, Lord God. And Father, I pray, Lord God, like Elijah, Father, you'll, you'll speak to the heart what they might need to do, where they might need to go, what they might need to, the next step they might need to take. Lord, only you know, Lord God, it's between you and them, Father. But, Lord, I pray, Father, that there's somebody, let me sound my voice, that you spoke to their heart, Lord God, about providing. Maybe there's a, some provision they need to do for someone they know, a neighbor, a loved one, a co-worker or something, Lord God, and they've been kind of resistant about it, Lord. Father, I pray you, they'd have the courage, Lord, just to step out in faith, and, Lord, you'd use them to provide for somebody else. But, Father, if there's somebody needs to sound my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father, I pray, Lord God, that as we have this invitation, they come into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and come on down and get saved. And I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life.
and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13 he sums it up. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him